welcome to the 23rd episode of In The Vitrine. My name is Danny. And I'm Nadia. And today we're going to be talking about fashion and movement. Mm-hmm. And this week's episode is inspired by a paper that I've been working on. Um, on a collaboration we have been doing with the dance students and the fashion design students here at La Salle. And I've been doing a lot of research on embodiment and on the collision between fashion and dance. So there's a fantastic book by Valerie Steele that looks at this, fashion and dance. And it looks both at how, well, it doesn't look so much at how fashion has taken things from dance, for example, ballerina flats, tutu skirts, but more about very iconic collaborations where costume and movement were changed in the process. And even at very important choreographers like Martha Graham, who founded the Graham Method of Dance, and how she inspired and collaborated with Halston to create a very dynamic um, um, aesthetic and movement that he was known for in the 1970s. And something really cool that happened while I was writing this was that the Marc Jacobs um, recent fall-winter collection actually featured um, this choreographer and dancer called Carol Armitage, who was known as the punk ballerina from the 1980s. And the the collection has been very well critically received. And it started off in a pitch dark room with the audience members seated in restaurant chairs as if they were outside a cafe and witnessing something happening mm. in front of them. Like an impromptu kind of a dance performance. Exactly. And I felt this one was a, it was really strong because it didn't feel like they were just doing it for the sake of doing it and entertaining the audience, like how sometimes you see things being done in front of you just to keep you occupied. But it seemed to be talking about this New York spirit, this this frantic energy that the city has. And, and then there was also all these silhouettes that were very 1960s and, and it presented a very strong, well-executed and modern collection with this frantic and very strong energy. So, um, I yeah, I mean, I, I see what you mean because the music is sort of like, you know, syncopated and very like, uh, as if something bad's about to happen almost, right? And it was also a really good mix between dancing and just strutting, mm-hmm. which I liked because your eyes are kind of drawn to the different things and the different rhythms. Yes. Um, and because the clothes are quite simply constructed so you could also see how they moved along with the body and that's what um, I think dance or movement offers to fashion right like that movement um, it transforms the clothes from something that's kind of flat and you know late you know on yeah. a hanger or on or a just bed aesthetic. yeah you know to on the body and then it takes it further with dance yeah and Exactly. So when Armitage comes in, she kind of stomps in and then she leaves. But then the models that continue after her continue that kind of very hard uh, walking and strutting down. Whereas there's also performers in there and they are dressed in like bralettes and pencil skirts and latex gloves. And they do much more... um, of course, intricate dances, and they, there is even one scene where they will interact with the models and kind of like crawl on them, and um, it really feels as if you are sitting on the streets of New York watching all this crazy activity passing you by. And then there's a 
particular moment when the dancers start going in between the audience. And of course, you can see everybody kind of recording this on their iPhones. And But it really was, it's just 10 minutes and those 10 minutes are so strong and really take you to this very highly charged place when you, I, can, I imagine when you when you were there. And as well, another one that I really enjoyed was, did you get to see the Isemiyaki presentation from spring summer 2020? Mm, that looked really good too. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, in, um, in line with what we're talking about today with movement, I think that's something that designers are beginning to explore more of, right? Like to do something different from just catwalk, um, yeah. kind of strutting, what can you do to elevate um, the fashion you're showing or to give people a performance because people do come expecting to see a show yeah. um, and it's just not enough it seems to to show the clothes yeah. on like a beautiful model exactly and what I love the, I mean in general Isemiyaki's clothes are always the way that he presents them even in photo shoots it's very dynamic and shows the movement and we've spoken about pleats before and how they allow like a really wide range of movement and this particular show was so beautiful and there was it was so joyous and the 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 models dancers were also doing this kind of strange movements like jumping up and down to let the 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 dresses bounce up and down mm-hmm. and then there was of course this grand finale where the models are just standing there and suddenly the dresses come down from the ceiling and and it was really really very joyous and at this time the the audience loved it and it was one of the most talked about presentations mm. of that season too. Well I like their shoes as well. I mean, you know, when their skirts billow up and kind of swirl around them, um, there's just so much that catches the eye. And yeah, it sparks joy, doesn't it? I mean we've come <laughs> we've talked about sparking joy before in a different context, but that's what they say here is something about a sisterhood as well, which is really nice. Um, and it's also really cool to see that the the models are interacting with each other because usually in a fashion show, you don't see that. They're kind of just coming down as an assembly line almost. Yeah. And here it's like um, like a riot of colours and there's some sort of a link between um, or among the models, which is really lovely to see. Yeah, it's like they are a dran- dance troupe together. Mm. And there was another really good show recently, which was the Marnie Fall Winter 2020. And that was choreographed by a young choreographer called Michelle R- Michelle Rizzo. And that one was also so dynamic. Like, it was da- young dancer models. And it was kind of smoky in the background. And they were doing this kind of slow... F- uh, it was almost as if they were, like, in a rave party and moving slowly. Um, and again, it was presenting these clothes as clothes that had youth and energy and were meant for movement and for life. So that was really... I loved that show as well. Hmm. It almost seems like not just a dance performance, but like performance art, you know, in a sense that there is kind of... um, there is a message that's being sent and also the length of it, right, seems to be kind of falling... Um, in a new category uh, of fashion show, performance art, and dance performance. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why it is that there have been these, you know, kind of deluge of um, mm. fashion dance shows, I guess. I think there's something about live performance and seeing a, a live uh, dancer or performer in front of you that kind of creates 
a different magic than just seeing clothes and it creates emotions and it creates energy in the room and even with the music so I think a lot of the collections it seems are trying to portray feeling and emotion and not just what's the latest trend of the season and maybe also it's the times now (laughs) need some sort of artistry in terms of Mm. communication and I think it also helps to develop the brand identity further um, because then you have like another layer of concepts um, that you can put to your audience beyond just what's worn Mm -hmm. and in fact suddenly the clothes seem quite secondary Mm. you know um, yeah as opposed to what you say the feeling you know that that is put forward with the dance with the dance Mm. Well, we've certainly seen um, this happen before, like with the 2004 one. Was that in 2004? With Rick Owens. Mm-hmm. Sorry, 2014. Um, the spring-summer 2014 Vicious show. Yeah, I, l- I remember The stomping. That. that was really nice. Yeah, even the set, you know, with the cement floors, mm. it was so industrial. And then the clothes were kind of geometric. And there was black leather worn with high-top sneakers. And then the... the dance troupe coming in, stomping, and even their facial expressions. Yeah. And I think, you know, if I look at Rick Owens and Mark, and the recent Mark Jacobs um, mm-hmm. catwalk shows, I can see that they are not just thinking about making it different with mm-hmm. the element of dance. So, for instance, with Rick Owens, um, it, w- it featured, you know, what we always call in the industry, like, real women, right? Mm. <laughs> um, so not model-esque, not the traditional sense. And they were ethnically diverse. They had, you know, uh, bodies of different shapes and sizes. And it's the same, I think, with the Mark Jacobs show because we see, for instance, um, some gender-bending kind of looks, right? Like um, men in heels, for instance. And I think that's a testament to how these designers are always trying to do more than is expected of them. So giving more of a show, making more of a statement, getting people to talk. And to grab someone's attention, you you have to do that beyond just the clothes because at some point, what more can you do with the clothes? How do you reinvent the wheel, so yeah. to speak? Yeah. I also love that in the Rick Owens show, um, we have, like you said, models of diverse bodies, of diverse ethnicities and backgrounds and how they are active. They're not passive, you know? They're not just like tokens that are wearing the clothes, but they are moving and they are showcasing their talent and they are showcasing their energy and their kind of spirit and they're not just there to like tick a box of diversity. So not just like a tokenistic kind of a presentation. You're right. So I love that one very much. And another one that I loved was a collaboration between uh, Comme de Garçon and Mercy Cunningham where um, it was, I think Mercy Cunningham saw Comme de Garçon's Lumps and Bumps collection and then they work together to create this choreographed piece. And that piece is so strong. It has, it has like elements of humour and has elements of fun. And the patterns were very simple, like stripes and kind of geometric patterns. But with these strange bumps coming off in weird places of the body, like on the shoulder. And then the dance also was quite um, quite strange and joyous. And like it, it was one of the most iconic collaborations that I can remember between fashion and dance, where the the garment allowed the dancers to move in a certain way and and interact with the garment. So they were not just like 
wearing the clothes, but also the clothes were helping to create this new movement. Mm. Yeah. And there was also, of course, the um, Hussein Chalayan, who often has perform- performative elements in his runways. And I managed to catch one of the shows that he cre- he he created costumes for a dance piece in the Sadler Wells while I was in London. And that one was also pretty amazing. Like he had one particular look where it was just two people wearing this very long jersey garment and they were just like kind of pulling and pull and pushing and pulling against each other and um really showing the extent to the clo- how clothes can be extended and become part of the movement. Mm. And I'm not sure whether, I mean, we were going to talk about this actually, but I'm just thinking about how fashion designers have also um, designed mm. for dance companies as yes. well, right? Uh, so I believe Coco Chanel is actually the first fashion designer um, tasked to costume one of the Ballet Russe um, shows mm-hmm. in 1924. And I'm just reading this off um, an FT.com article. Um, she chose knitted bathing suits from her spring collection to dress them. And from Valerie Still, she said something about how, you know, when she, the book that you mentioned at the beginning, Dance and Fashion, was actually the result of a show she curated, right? Yes. And she said that, you know, this wasn't really a good collaboration because <laughs> the clothes were not suitable for the movements in the ballet. Mm. Um, so for instance, when the male ballet dancer picked up the ballerina, the fabric would slide through his fingers and so he was at risk of dropping her. But I mean, Chanel wasn't really thinking about the requirements of dance. And I think some of my favourite images have come from, you know, um, fashion designers designing for like the ballet, for instance. Like I remember, I think, Horst P. Horst took some really beautiful images of Salvador Dali. Mm. Um, I mean, that's not fashion, obviously, but like the, I just think that there's a lot of interdisciplinarity going on. We always think of it as something that's really uh, of our time, but actually it happened, has happened for a long, long time, right? Like Salvador Dali designing for ballet and then Horst Horse as a fashion photographer, creating beautiful images of that. Yeah. Mm. And another one I'm looking at now is um, Gareth Pugh, Costuming for Carbon Life, another dance. But I'm not sure which companies this was for. Um, yeah, do you know of any other of such instances? Well, beyond just... Yes, of there, there have been several designers that have designed for the ballet, the opera. Um, recently, Comme des Garçons also designed for an opera. Um, however... This is this has been going on like from the turn of the century, right? When fashion looked at the ballet russe as inspiration, and then the relationship just keeps going back and forth. Yeah. I think it's very interesting what you said about how what makes a good collaboration and the fact that the dancers couldn't perform um, using Coco Chanel's garments shows that it was not a collaboration that was thinking so much about how the body. Um, and the movements will interact with the garments as well. Mm-hmm. So in the paper that we were writing, we were talking a lot about that, about how, what is success objectively is when the costume allows the dancer to not just 
perform well or move well, but also gives them ideas on how they could create a new kind of choreography, a kind of a new kind of movement. And in that way, they're both creating a new language together through costume. The costume becomes part of the dancer and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, you you know, there have been also so many other um, instances of, like, dance performances sort of masquerading as fashion shows or maybe just that, you know, they are kind of um, meshed together. Mm-hmm. So I think last year, um, Dior did something as well at the Hippodrome in Paris mm-hmm. with a female contemporary dance troupe. And they kind of danced... Um, around the models who were dressed in a collection inspired by dance. So that's also kind of another layer, that the yeah. collection itself was inspired by dance. Um, so that's another one. And I think also Dolce & Gabbana um, for their SS15 show at the Scala in Milan. So like really amazing venues as well. Um, World-famous dancers Roberto Boll and Beatrice Carbon danced the Balcony Pas de Deux wearing custom bejeweled dolce. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, this Beautiful. then makes me think also about celebrity and fashion. So, you know how fashion always tries to kind of tap on celebrity, right, in all their guises. Oh, and yeah. there are definitely also celebrity dancers. So yeah. with this Dolce & Gabbana example, we see um, fashion and dance coming together, but through celebrity, I would say, mm. and kind of trying to get that linked with um, the DNG brand. Yeah, I mean, there's something so beautiful about the way that they move mm-hmm. and the way that they can bring that finesse to the collections. Yeah. And I think also, if we think about how collections have also been inspired by dance, um, there have been many examples through history of fashion designers um, creating clothes that have been inspired by like a ballet they've seen and yeah. things like that so like um, coming back to Dior in 1949 he paid homage to Odile in Swan Lake with a strapless black ga- black ball gown that was called um, Sin Noir which means black swan in French yeah and yeah I, I think have? the valet has inspired fashion a lot like even Comme de Garçon has looked at she had uh, this collection called Ballerina Punk also mm-hmm. and it had like tutu skirts with leather jackets and there is something about the extreme femininity and and classical beauty of ballet that designers love to and the poise that mm-hmm. designers love to play with yeah and I think in, as a field dance is also happy to have these collaborations yeah. because you know it brings um, people like a new set of people to the theatre yeah. which is also a good thing yeah and especially for contemporary dance, which is not, like, it doesn't follow a certain story. Like, for example, Swan Lake has a kind of uh, linear story. Mm-hmm. But contemporary dance and more experimental kind of dance is really about movement and challenging the body or, like, really feeling something more than reading, like, following a story. So I think to allow a wider audience to, to kind of get experience in this realm... Um, where they might not normally have gone to see, it's, it's a win for them as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your experience like? I mean, the paper that you've written is based on a collaboration, like a real collaboration between the students, yeah. right? So what was the whole process like? So it was a project between that we've been doing for four years, and this last year was the fourth iteration of the project. And the students begin with the idea of the fold. So Susan Sandler, who's the lecturer who did the workshops 
in from the dance perspective. She's a somatic practitioner. So that means that um, is the idea of learning from the body. So for example, whenever you go and see dancers um, practice their like if you go into a recital studio, you see mirrors, right? And the bar there. But for somatic practitioners, they would cover mirrors, they would close their eyes, they would really focus on how the movement feels and not how it looks like. Mm. So we introduced that into in the first day um, where she got the students, like the dance, the dance and fashion students to like close their eyes and experience things. And, and you can imagine for the fashion students, it's like, they're not even used to sitting on the floor, you know, they were like sitting on the floor and then listening to all these things. And Susan begins with talking about the fold from Gilles, Gilles Deleuze, who talks about the form, the fold as being the smallest matter. So we always think that the smallest point is a dot. But Gilles Deleuze was saying that it's more of like this kind of C fold. So things are always in movement and how it has like infinite possibilities. And then Susan will talk about how um, the first thing that humans do when they are conceived is to fold from chin to chest as embryos. So our whole lives were just like folding and folding and growing. And then I will introduce origami as paper folding and the students then play together and create costumes based on this kind of preparatory workshops. So they're very... Yeah, internal, and we're looking at the at the fold from a very internal place, and not from like a uh, aesthetic view. Mm. Um, so it was really fun working on this paper with um, both Susan and Jeanette, the my colleague and program leader in the diploma, where we were discussing and writing this process and how it changed both the students' way of designing and and also us as lecturers how. It changed the way that we communicate and we experienced design. Very cool. And the paper is for Kim. Yeah. So the paper is for another the the same conference I went to last year called Cumulus, which is a design and pedagogy conference. So this year it will be in Rome, and they are looking the track that we submitted for is um, design and language. So how by introducing a new language of movement of soma of body into the design process, the students are able to develop new things. Very cool. Yeah, it was quite fun. Okay, well, that's all we have for today on fashion and movement. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for listening. And if you like what you listen to, please follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And if you could leave us a review as well on any one of these platforms, we would really appreciate it. It's really helpful. Yes. And um, if you'd like to see images relating to what we speak about during our episodes, you can follow us on Instagram at Individuine as well. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.